everyone to the rest podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Roberts, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Dr. Calden, thank you for staying with me for another segment. I am so thankful for your mentorship and for everything you pour into our listening audience. We have thousands and thousands of people that listen to us every month all over the country. And the contribution that you make to rest is invaluable. So thank you so much. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I always talk about our constituents, our spirit, our soul, and our body, that fundamentally these three parts must be in alignment for there to be health and wellness. And the narrative and the drama of our life is always the rhythm of these three things working together, right? And that's what gives us a lot to talk about (laughs) is what that looks like in a lifetime. It's one way to look at a life. But beyond that, beyond the reality of that, I think of physiology and anatomy. And in rest, I always talked about the anatomy of rest. And you are the one that pointed out to me, Virginia, we got to talk about the physiology of rest, not just the anatomy of a person's body, because it's how it all kind of comes together. So I'd like you to explain to us in layman's terms and in simple ways how it is that a body, for example, our liver, our colon, our heart, our kidneys, our reproductive organs, right? Our breasts, our tongue, our ears, our eyes, how all these can be independently dependent on each other and how cancer evolves, how it metastasizes and how it ultimately can spread all over. Because every time I think of cancer, I think of sin. Sin is a violation of conscience. If we violate our conscience, I find that it is no different than cancer. That's why I was able to step into this cancer world and discourse and work with doctors. And it's so fluid for me in terms of how I help facilitate healing. And for me, healing is freedom, right? We don't chase a cure in in my model, in my sphere of influence. I don't help people chase a cure. I help people live free because I think that is the cure. Because we all have an appointment with destiny. So life doesn't end. And I'm so clear on that. And I understand that so vividly that I'm able to, to in many ways, prove it to people and help them become comfortable with the journey. And then it becomes an adventure and not a treacherous path to healing. So if you could explain how that works. Yeah, first of all, we're statistically speaking, we're all going to die at some point. You know, as far as we know, there's only been two people that made it out of here without dying. That was Enoch and Elisha. Uh, but everybody and defining death and defining death becomes really important because we really transition out of time. And right. I just want to specify yeah, yeah. that that's yeah. yeah we're, t- we're we're talking about physical death. The the soul lives on 
but physical death we're all going to experience at some point if we fear death then oftentimes we accelerate that process <laughs> you know for example if you fear dying from breast cancer or colon cancer you're you're more likely to develop a tumor in your lung according to dr hummer because the fear of death of self a loved one or a relationship increases the probability of having a, a tumor develop in your lung and then by the way that's how life began when it yeah. says that god breathed into the breathe life into man. And it's interesting because when fear does arrive, which by the way, is the first emotion, ex first feeling expressed in Genesis was fear mm -hmm. during right at the fall. And yeah. I'm hiding because I'm afraid. Yeah. And it's really interesting that it is that very emotion of fear, that very feeling, excuse me, of fear that was expressed in the garden is a direct consequence of the very thing that sustains your life, which is breath. Yeah, exactly. That just occurred to me. Yeah. When we're accumulating feelings and emotions uh, through our life, they accumulate in specific places. And the Chinese figured this out a couple of thousand years ago, that the emotion of anger and frustration accumulates primarily in the liver and gallbladder and bile ducts. And the emotion of fear accumulates primarily in the, the kidneys, urinary bladder. The emotion of sadness accumulates in the in the colon and in the uh, pancreas, and so on. So you you have different uh, emotions or different feelings and emotions accumulating in different places, which then, in in my experience, acts like a, a magnet to attract physical toxins into that place. Okay, and once you accumulate enough physical toxins in that place then you get disease, physical disease in that place. We now know that the physical toxins that accumulate in the mitochondria of our cells, the mitochondria of the cells are the little energy packaging organelles that produce the ATP energy that we need to do all the functions of our body. If the, if the toxins accumulate in the mitochondria, the mitochondria become so sick that they can't send the proper signal to the nucleus of that cell to tell it to stop replicating. And so that's what's called the apoptotic factor that comes from the mitochondria. And so when the, when the cell loses its signal to stop replicating, it continues to divide and multiply. And you know, then you got you know, more and more cells there that shouldn't be there, and that eventually becomes a tumor. Okay, so that, that, that's what cancer is, is, a, is an uncontrolled replication of the cells because they've lost their signal. They've lost their direction, their way. People don't die usually from the primary cancers. The exception of that would be probably primary brain cancer. Sometimes they die from that. But most cancers, the people die from the metastases, the spreading of the cancer to other places in their body, to, to vital organs. And so the metastasis can occur because of cancer cells getting into the lymphatic system and traveling elsewhere in the body or getting into the venous system and traveling elsewhere in the body. And if the immune system is compromised and not able to find and get rid of those cells that are spreading through the lymphatic system and the venous system, then that person is more likely to develop a metastasis, which then can take them out phys phys you know, physically uh, in, in their physical life. People have a lot of fear about cancer because the experience that most people have had about cancer 
is being treated by an allopathic doctor with allopathic surgery, radiation, and chemotherapy. And the outcome for those is not that great. And so most people think, well, if I get cancer, that's a death sentence. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die from that cancer. But uh, it doesn't have to be so. But, you know, I have uh, many patients in the practice who were told 20 and 25 and 30 years ago that they only had a, a few weeks or months to live that are still alive today. You know, so, you know, if you believe what the doctor says, oh, you only have X number of weeks or months to live, then that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But if you choose to reject that word curse and cast it out of you like a demon, which is what it is, then then it does not have to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, you know, you can choose to live longer than the than the doctor prognos prognosticated for you. Not to oversimplify, but listening to you brings me back to the thing that all made so much sense to me about cancer from the very beginning. At the end of the day, it comes down to communication and conversation between disrupting signals, right? In cells and between cells, within, among, yeah. and between. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because that's how cancer spreads in our relationships, in our lives. Those are the very things that erode our lives, was in there's a disruption of communication, connection, right? At the nucleus, which is our heart, it becomes hardened. Sometimes it becomes stubborn. Other times it becomes bitter, specifically. Um, unforgiving, the point, the root cause of a problem. And when that's not flushed out and it isn't restored in a healthy way with people, situations, narratives, stories, our ancestors, the, the narratives of our lives, right? I always say we tell ourselves stories, but our bodies are carrying another story. And the disparity between those stories, that's the anatomy of disease. The soul's yep. going left, the body's going right, and it's like trying to get through life when one leg is going one way and the other, and it just can't happen. It debilitates an organism. So there's a breakdown in communication, right, between the things you think are factual and the things you tell yourself and the things that are in fact happening, that in fact happened. I just think you talked about the loss, they lose their way, they lose the direction, they lose their way. And it's very much what happens to us. So it doesn't have to be a complicated thing to understand. It's all about bringing things into the alignment and this with this invisible cord, I think, seeking to be connected with the designer of all of these systems, which in my opinion is God. And the more and more, the older I get, the more I learn the more I'm perplexed by people's inability to see the design of a personal, intimate creator God in the narratives of our very anatomy and in the narrative and the drama of our own life. And the one thing that stumps people the most and the one thing they can't accept about God is a question of evil. But the confusion, chaos, and disease, and the evil, the disparity of between 
the, the source of a lot of this confusion, chaos, and disease lies within us and our own depravity, our own brokenness, our own insistence of having things our way. If we're real honest with ourselves, right? We want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Well, nothing in the universe operates like that. So our systems don't operate like that. The universe doesn't operate like that. There's nothing in the creative order of God that operates outside of a law, a system, right? That has balance, harmony, and coherence. God doesn't even operate outside of that. But God made us to have a free will to do as we see fit and to make decisions of conscience. I always talk about the liberty we have. And how we exercise that liberty determines the measure of freedom we live with. But the ones that regulate all of that is us. The will, our will determines the disposition of how we navigate all those communication systems, if you will. And I just think it's amazing when the body operates in a similar way, but we have the authority to govern pretty much what we ingest what we process what we take in and how we do so our our cells don't have a conscience we have the conscience our cells don't have the will we have the will our cells don't have the same intelligence in terms of government that we do because we make value judgments there's just a system a, a system an operating system that's been put in place to sustain our life but what regulates the quality of that life at the end of the day is us and so understanding how cancer grows and how consistent it is with the own process the processes we're all very familiar with which is right here you just said it communication conversation what do connection. we do when we lose connection what do we do when we lose direction when we lose our way do we bring it into alignment or do we rationalize and justify and just go metastasize and continue to feed our depravity and our brokenness and rationalize it and justify it i think that's what a metastasis looks like in the narrative of our own personal lives and we see it by the wreckage all around us or are we going to say no 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 wait a minute why am i afraid of physical cancer that's the least of my worries what about the cancer that resides in my very soul how do i navigate that i don't know if i went way out there too much we can eliminate that from the discussion but when i hear you talk about cancer that's where my head goes to yeah. what that looks like in the life of a person anyway yeah yeah no there's there's uh there's different types of cancers there's spiritual cancers there's mental emotional cancers and then there's physical cancers and if we don't address the first two we're, we're doomed to probably experience the third talk about that for a second talk about if we don't address the cancer in the first two, I touched on yeah. that as it applies to decisions and choices we make, I guess, and practical aspects of our life. But when you said if we don't address the first two. On the mental emotional, for example, if if we don't try to understand the things that have happened you know, in our life. Yeah, the breach of yeah. communication, connection, loss yeah. of direction, loss of ways. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, and and, uh, and usually to understand how things have been in our life, we need to understand how things were in our parents and our grandparents, our great grandparents' lives, 
because they influence us, whether we like it or not. If you can come to understand you know, how all that works and make a choice to let go of whatever is not useful, because <laughs> there's a lot of things that, that we continue to hold on to throughout our life that's not useful, not, not beneficial to our, to our optimum health, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health then, uh, you know, we, we oftentimes will suffer a, a cancer process because of that. The uh, spiritual cancer is what you talked about a while ago, which is believing that, uh, that, that we have the right to do whatever we want to do. And it doesn't matter what, what God's laws are. It doesn't matter what other people's, you know, situations are. We just do whatever we want to do, you know, and that's a cancer. You know, that, you know, cancer is, is uncontrolled growth. Well, that's an uncontrolled spiritual growth, you know, in a, in a bad way. You know, so we end up, you know, developing physical disease at some point because we're just not, you know, paying attention to what God's laws are and what uh, the laws of, of uh, nature are. You know, we're, we're going against God and nature. I love how you described cancer as an uncontrolled growth as we mature, as we step into deeper understandings of us, of each other, of reality. And there is a breach in communication. First, I, I you know, I'm big on this with rest, but there's a breach of communication and connection and a loss of direction that we have within ourselves. In other words, we don't hold ourselves to account for our own depravity, for our own brokenness. And you'll know if that's a problem because you're highly judgmental of everything and everybody else. If you're highly judgmental of everything and everybody else, it means because you're neglecting, it means that you are neglecting the brokenness, the disparity, the conflicts within yourself. James 4, people with weak consciences are always drawing assessments and judgments of things outside of themselves. That's a weak conscience. That's an unreconciled conscience. It's not necessarily a person of deep conviction that always has something to say. That's different. So you want to make sure that you reconcile the conflicts you have within yourself. Listen to that quiet, still voice that is challenging you to consider things outside of yourself and evaluate things from a broader perspective. And I think that is what it is to love, is to be able to put yourself aside for the well-being of another person. And I think that's the establishment of healthy communication when you face these things within yourself healthy connection within yourself. And then you do something about it. You take that conversation from the internal to the external, and you begin to have these conversations with your children. And it sheds light in really dark places. Mm -hmm. And both of your own soul and of your relationships. And if you can be fearless, I think, in the pursuit of that, cancer, emotional, spiritual, and physical cancer has a much harder time of overcoming you. Jesus said uh, an analogy. He said, before you try to remove the speck from your neighbor's eye, remove the log from your own eye. You know, and to most people, as you pointed out, are very judgmental and 
not paying attention at all to their own stuff, which they should, but they're focusing on everybody else's stuff. And, and there's uh, a lot of spiritual, right, interception that's always seducing us to do that, too. Yeah, that's right. right. One of the uh, Pharisees asked Jesus, what, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And, and then love your neighbor as yourself as the second and most important commandment. And upon, upon these two, all the others are hinged. Right? They hang on those two commandments. And, you know, in order to uh, love your, your neighbor, the, the, the right way, you need to make sure that you've have, you have learned how to love and honor and respect yourself. You know, so many people don't. They, they trash themselves. Uh, they, they don't put good food into their body. They don't rest when they're supposed to rest. They don't do a lot of things that, uh, you know, that we know that they should do. And so they're, they're violating their consciences and they're violating their, their, their bodies. And eventually you pay the price for that. And so we need to you know, learn how to love God. You know, loving God is is being obedient to His words and to His will. And so, you know, not not just His written word, but also His His spoken word. You know, and your anatomy. And I love that, Doctor. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I had to interject. And your anatomy bears witness of that design. That's right. And that order. And that's why if you're having, if God is too big of a stretch, then listen to the balance, harmony, and coherence. Listen to how fine-tuned your organism is to sustain life. That is the seed of an idea. That is the history. But that kind of creation has a, an origin. It has a design. It has a creator. Nothing random like that just exists out of nothing. And I think that's where the history matters. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, a lot of people don't have a relationship with the creator of the universe, uh, but they could and, and should. You know, on my uh, website, drleecowden.com, I have an article, What is Spirituality? You know, so they can actually read that article and then gather more information that they didn't have before and then make better decisions about, you know, how they're going to move forward in their life. You know, but spirituality is, is a individual personal relationship with the creator of the universe you know, as opposed to religiosity which is you know the the rules and constructs of men and women religion is useful sometimes but but it's also been the cause of most of the major wars of the world uh, but spirituality on the other hand has not has not been the cause of the wars of the world it's a personal relationship with the creator of the universe once you can have that personal relationship with with the creator of the universe then your life can be a whole lot simpler because, you know, you don't say, okay, what, what, what am I going to do today? You say, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? Big difference. When that change in perspective happens, how you experience that day will be so different. Uh -huh. It's almost like opening a window, opening many windows of your soul and of your awareness. And it's just transformational, just that mindset. Okay, I'm gonna seek God with all my heart and all my soul because I can see something's really wrong with me, with humanity and the world, something is out of order. Yet, everything that sustains life is fine-tuned to sustain life. 
how did that happen? How is it it's so difficult for me to just maintain order in my home, in my room, with my paperwork, in my head? How is this such a battle? But every single thing that is sustaining life is fine-tuned mm -hmm. to advance my, the life that I'm having such a hard time organizing. That's even a question to ponder for the rest of your life. And what is that mystery, right? There's a lot of ways to wonder about God, but what is that mystery? And it's amazing how a day can change. But certainly yeah. your view of disease and how the dis-ease that you have from the disparity between those two things, right? Because there's this amazing perfect order here, but I'm in a state of confusion, chaos, and dis-ease. And I'm wondering, gosh, is there something I can do to establish that balance? And there is. You've got to come in alignment with the order of things. Yep. Dr. Cowden, thank you. I think the explanation you gave about cancer is growth. There's lawlessness in the organ. And if it's not contained, that lawlessness, that mass reproduction unharnessed growth, unmanaged communication just disrupts everything else. And that kind of lawlessness left unharnessed disrupts signals. Well, it originates from a disruption of signals, right? Yeah. That is the seed of it all, which is communication with unharnessed conversations and the whole thing falls apart and there's a loss of direction and a loss of ways of these living organisms in a body and it all goes yeah. i think much i think an easy example to finish on and i'd like you to have a final word as we close but i think of gossip mm -hmm. or repeating a story with half truths no yeah. isn't yeah. it what it does in the life of people Yep. You know, that's, that's a different type of cancer. Yeah. It's a different kind of cancer propaganda, yeah. a different kind of cancer. Well, I think the most important thing for your listeners to understand about cancer is that cancer is not a death certificate. You know, your, you know, th that diagnosis is not a death certificate. Uh, there's, uh, there's things that you can do that will change the tra trajectory you don't have to stay in that place of, of chaos, but you can, you know, seek God, seek truth, and apply those things that you learn from that into your life and have a different trajectory. You can prevent cancer like that, too. Yeah. In the same way, you can prevent. That's right. Toxins, right? It's about elimination of toxins and insults. It's about elimination yeah. of toxins and careful with the insults. Yeah. yeah Emotional, toxins. spiritual, physical insults and toxins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I see all of those as toxins. You know, the this the uh you know spiritual uh stuff is is a is a toxin just on a different level. You know, the mental emotional stuff that we don't clear out is a toxin as well. You know, mental blocks to healing, in my experience, must always be addressed if you want to get rid of the physical cancer disease. God will provide a way if you just seek him. Thank you so much, Dr. Cowden.
perfect words to close on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, everyone, I have a quick update for you. With Virginia launching her book next year, our team has been working tirelessly to create a brand new streamlined website with a new domain, theplaceofrest.com. It will include readily available information, podcasts, resources, and events, making everything quickly accessible to help you become focused, intentional, and successful in displacing obstructions that would otherwise derail your life. Our original domain, virginiadixon.com, will later be used as Virginia's author website. But until then, it will automatically forward you to the new site. For updates about REST and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of REST. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of REST, please call 949-289-5935. Thank you for listening to REST with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week.